I've always had this idea that, you know, the most important thing in my life is passion. And the most important thing in my life is trying to turn my dreams into realities. Welcome to Unearthed, everybody. I'm yeah. Josh with Kareem and Tom. What's up? And, uh, this is a new platform we're just experimenting with. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, Kareem. Um, qualified chef of God knows how many years. Uh, I reckon. God, it's been so long. Um, moved down to Adelaide a couple of years ago to come um, help Tom open up Pump Gym and uh, you know, got the opportunity to buy into the gym as well, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, we just uh, grinding away doing our thing, trying to change the game, trying to change fitness and uh, people's uh, perception on uh, health and fitness. And, uh, yeah. Sweet. Tell us about yourself, Tom. Sweet. So, yeah, my name's Tom Boyle. Um, as some people would know me, I, I started off running or started, I was a founding father of Pump Gym, which we all work at and actually own together now. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, with the aims to be one of the biggest martial arts gyms in the, in the stand-up striking arts at least and, and in food prep and a whole bunch of other um, things in the state and hopefully in Australia. Um, my background is, uh, is in Thai boxing and I started off fighting at quite, a, quite an older age than most people do. It was about 19 or 20 when I first got into it. Very, very lucky. Represented Australia three times two state titles, an Australian title, and then moved into a coaching role when we opened the gym and was able to produce some top-level guys. So I guess, you know, my aspect on this on this platform and while we're here on Unearth is um, we want to talk about the things we're passionate about and, and what we're good at. And mm. um, mine is the fighting side, and that's the thing I'm, I'm most, most passionate about. What so, about you, Josh? Uh, so I've been a personal trainer now for a bit over eight years, been in the industry full-time in that time um, with you two, one of the owners of Pumps. So that's probably one of the main focuses at the moment. Uh, main focus as well is in nutrition. So that's been a big avenue for me. Um, it was just general well-being and health as well as obviously weight loss, sport supplementation and sports-specific training. So they're the main the main areas. So I guess, yeah, between the three of us, it's the main three pillars of pump, which is the food, the fight, and the fitness. Mm. We'll just bring it all together. So I guess, I guess for those people who are just sort of tuning in, um, in this maiden podcast, if we were to sum up what we're going to be talking about, um, fighting food and fitness, what angle are we pushing? Where are we coming from? Oh, I would like to keep it very lighthearted, you know, like, because we aren't all too serious as guys, you know, in general uh, life. So, you know, I guess it's just a general conversation on the topics that are happening, you know, throughout the week in our lives, you know, what we think is relevant in the industry and, uh, you know, putting it out there to people, uh, you know, what they want to hear as well. Yeah, and I, I think there's probably something in that, that it is, you know, not that we don't take ourselves too seriously, but it's we want to bring lightheartedness to, uh, to, this, to the industry because the industry as a whole seems to be quite uptight and, um, you know, quite um, rigid. So it's just an interesting fact, you know, that we're going to be able to just talk openly and honestly about how we feel about certain situations and certain aspects of training and nutrition. 
and a whole bunch of different viewpoints. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, anyone who listens as well, they can always email in or send us in any questions. We'll try to get through them and answer them on the show. And then generally, yeah, we'll just talk about our day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month and the macro-micro goals we have for Pump Gym. Sounds awesome. Yeah, 100%. So if we're going to start off with the first topic, I think the thing that's really sort of jumping jumping at the gym at the moment has probably been something plaguing a lot of people throughout their lives is is the food and the nutrition mm. um, because it really it really is the basis it is the majority basis for for everything everything to do with fitness and training and, and whatever yeah hundred percent man I think um, oh, for for a very very long time there's been this sort of um, this thought around healthy eating is being very boring you know your your basic steamed chicken your brown rice your broccoli and um you know, it, 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 there's a lot of people out there doing it at the moment. They're trying to make their own little twist on uh, flavoursome meals, and um, we 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 want to fit into that um, that sector as well. You know, I think we're doing quite well. Our growth uh, for the meal prep side of things has been ridiculous this year, and uh, we're getting some really good feedback. You know, we're getting some really good results as well uh, from our clients. Um, you know, working alongside Josh with the nutrition side of things, it's uh, helped massively. Because I mean, essentially, I'm 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 just a chef, you know. I know how to cook and make things taste delicious, but Josh knows to how how to break everything down down for us. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um finding that balance. Obviously, you can't go to a restaurant for all three of your meals each day. You become obese. Your your blood pressure be through the roof. You'd be living off sodium as fifty percent of your diet. So we try to make something that bridges the gap between sustainable, consistent eating as well as something that tastes good and you're going to look forward to eating. It's a, that's the best way to diet. Do you think, Josh, do you think that the um, – do you think that in general people are overdoing it when they come to nutrition and the fact that, you know what I mean, a lot of people are, are pretending like counting calories like they're running 6% body fat when they're trying to manipulate it too hard? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, I think people that have flexible dieting or living day-to-day to try to get their calories to the to the degree of strictness is essentially an eating disorder. I mean, um, most of your things at a supermarket can have up to 10 to 20% surplus in their calorie either end. So it can be, if it says it's going to be 100 calories, it could be 120 or 80. So they're weighing everything to the gram on something mm-hmm. not essentially to the gram. So... Um, that in itself is just going to send them crazy. But I think if everyone could just find a balance where they're consistently strict to a degree that is sustainable, then they're going to be miles ahead of the competition. And how do, how do we feel, feel about it on a, like on the level of, you know, we obviously get a lot of queries when people are asking about meal prep and whatnot. And they say how much sodium is in them in those sources and, you know, how many um, zinc molecules are in this and that? Do you, does, it, does it tend to just get a little bit ridiculous? Do people really need to manipulate that much? You know, like what, what, in, what, in what kind of context are we operating when someone, their body can be responding to even the most, you know, strict levels of sodium, potassium, whatever? I think um, depending on people's dietary needs, their own information markers and where they're at currently in life with their specific goals needs to be factored in. But after that, 
I mean, the the best diet in the world for performance, cognitive function, and longevity is probably going to take five hours worth of cooking a day and cost you a thousand dollars a week. It's an mm. a sustainable model for everyone. Anyway. Yeah. So you've got to then take the highlights of that, and then even trying to stick to something like that is probably going to bring a lot of mental anguish and stress, and you know, it's it's not sustainable. So you've got to find something that works for you for the long term as well as making you feel good and you're enjoying it. And yeah, you still want to make sure you get that mental clarity. You know, you want to make sure you're running enough fats. You don't want to be running on your simple sugars and all your processed foods, more whole foods and raw foods. And just take it back to the basics sources. Look at that laden with sugar and then, you know, just build the basics and just take. I think as well, you know, like when you say that, Josh, it's, I think people overthink in their head that like, Oh, for me to, like you said, it, it'll take like five hours of cooking and it'd be cost like a thousand dollars. People forget that, you know, there's a lot of ingredients out there that don't cost very much that you can bring out full flavor. If you just do a bit of research on sort of like basic methods of cookery on how to uh, extract the, as much flavor out of, uh, you know, simple ingredients, like a, say a tomato, which already has like natural occurring um, MSG in it. You know, people can go a lot, lot uh, can go a long way with doing something like that with just a bit of research. Oh, definitely. I mean, go to a farmer's market, you know what I mean? Save a heap of money on your groceries straight out the gate there and actually look at the food, feel the food, smell the food. And, exactly. And experiment and eat with the seasons. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, the, the, it's the awesome thing that they're doing in schools now is they've got like stuff like... Um, gardens uh with the where they grow vegetables and stuff like that so you know it's starting quite young they, they need to strip it right back and you know people need to be educated on food all over again i think uh, definitely i didn't have that at school they didn't even tell us what a carb was nah man i was eating like chicken and corn rolls from the canteen bro at school you know at recess time and stuff you know yeah exactly pizza pockets and stuff it was tasty but you know like shit <laughs> um. Dim Sims, baby. Pizza singles every day. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> That'll fuel yeah. a good obesity epidemic. Yeah, like, obviously, we like to think we're a little bit smarter with our healthy eating nowadays, but everything in moderation, you know. We, we definitely enjoy a bit of the dirty bird. Oh, well, you, you, you definitely do. Yeah, I, I'm a life member. I'm a life yeah. member. <laughs> me, me, and the, me and the colonel, we, we fucks together, you know. Yeah, <laughs> So, look, I think it's it's a good segue into into probably and probably a tough question for the first the first episode of this podcast is saying where where are we at with like obviously over the years there's been lots of diets and changing in people's eating patterns and stuff like back in the day like the Atkins diet which was pretty hardcore and like intermittent fasting and you know what I mean very low calorie diets or you know very low carb diets and then moving into more recent stuff like veganism and vegetarianism and you know, pescatarians or whatever they are. Mm. Um, not the religious group, but they're people that only eat seafood. Not the um, heavy metal band. Yeah. <laughs> Slayer! <laughs> <laughs> but, like, where, where do we sit on that? Like, where? Because I'm, I'm born in the desert, you know? Like, I eat meat. That's my jam. You know, meat and vegetables is, is good with me. But we're moving into a society where meat's almost being, you know, alienated and it's being, like... You know, in my opinion, I think you can put that down to 
everyone's accessibility to social media these days. Like everyone, like anyone can put a video up on uh, on on Facebook or Instagram slandering, you know, veganism or you know, if you eat a fish, you're the devil or something like that. You know, whereas like when we were growing up and we didn't have these sort of platforms when we were younger, you wouldn't hear about it all too much, would you? No. Oh no, never. Mind you, we're still rolling dial-up internet then back then, and you could only do Messenger. Oh, yes, you know? no. Yeah, you had to wait seven minutes for it to <laughs> before you Shit. could log in. So the information wasn't really available back then. But like, how how much better is is it, Josh, not eating meat, or is it better at all, or is the research out? Um, I. I'm very pro meat, but I'm very pro meat that can be sustainably sourced and that yeah. generally, if you can afford it, try and get some grass-fed stuff if you're going to have a nice steak, especially if you're going to yeah. have like a red meat that might be higher in fat. Mm. So the animals will store the toxins in the fat. So basically, you've got an animal that's eating shit, that shit's going into the fat. So exactly. if you're going to get, um, uh, let's say, a nice grass-fed steak, you can have that most days. Um, or at least have it once a week. Try and get your iron from a meat source. If you're not vegetarian, mm. if you're vegetarian yeah. then um, yeah, you're going to have to look at some other avenues, and that's a little bit trickier when it comes down to the iron. But, um, yeah, you have to sort that out with your doctor. I recommend mm. you get your own blood testing for that just to stay on top of it and see how your body is responding. But that's a personal choice. And then um, try and find, again, the balance that works for you. It doesn't I don't think it has to be all one way or the other. I think pescatarian is probably a better approach for people that want to be a vegetarian. Yeah, makes sense. Where, where, like, does the science back it up broadly that it's that, like, you know, essentially because people say meat is bad, right? No, so it's not just an ethical standpoint, but it's like the scientific that it's not good for you. No, no, that's just um, vegan propaganda called What the Health on Netflix that's been absolutely torn apart for mm. just misleading information that's not just misleading, it's wrong. <laughs> So, so advice for people out there who who wanna wanna eat meat regularly, but obviously like too much is too much. You know what I mean? Like, there's obviously pros and cons for for being a meat eater. Yeah, I, I think drink too much water and have kidney failure. Too much of anything. So yeah. I, I think that as a society in whole, we've become a society of overeaters anyway. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I think um what meat can be paired with often you know, it's going to be crumbed and deep fried with big gravies and stuff that yeah. the meat's not the culprit in that scenario the trans fats and all the crumbing and everything else is yeah 100% oh mate you can take the le- you can take the leanest uh, strip of meat in the world you know something like a, ni- a nice kangaroo fillet or something like that bro you, you know you put it in an egg wash and uh, put some breadcrumbs on it bro chuck it in the deep fried it's not going to be good for you yeah, exactly. You've tainted it completely. Yeah, hundred percent. And you've and you've ruined a good piece of meat anyway. You know, pr- uh, pretty much. I mean, depending on how you look at it, but you know, essentially, you've ruined a good piece of meat. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, I think that's probably like an interesting topic for next episode is to to get more on the preparation. Like, I'd like to see, I'd like to see us talk more about like in the next episode about people being able to get the most flavor out of their, their meat without having to sacrifice, you know. The, so, you know, without us having to go, okay, we need to deep fry this to mm. make it taste good. Yeah. Like, I'd like to talk about, you know, the natural, 
the natural ways you can cook, Karim, you know? Oh, 100%, man. And, you know, like, we can look at stuff like, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but meat prices from lamb, pork, beef, even chicken prices is starting to rise um, at the moment. Like, it's getting more expensive and people are starting to look at more secondary cuts, or they should, I think, um, you know, to for their day-to-day grocery shopping. Because if you if you know about your basic preparation skills and you know what what's going to happen to the meat when you say you braise it or you say you sear it, you know it, it's going to go a long way, and you're going to save in the pocket as well. Yeah, definitely. Chuck it all in the slow cooker with some vegetables, and you've got a great meal. Yeah, beautiful. And yeah, slow cooker. You know, put a bloody you know a small tub of tomato paste in there uh a little bit of vegetable stocks and vegetables and just let and you know let it slow cook away boom there you go bob's your slow cooking uncle he is actually slow or cook on the beach you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he's all like my name uncle bob <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I guess if, if we were going to sort of cap this, cap this episode, just it's just an intro for everyone to see that um, our thoughts that we've generated over a long time on the fitness industry. I think we've probably led a, uh, led a different a different avenue on Fitness Street where we haven't gone down the you know the full on bodybuilding set like track like Josh. I know you have in in essence, but not. Not to the nth degree, you know. What I mean, yours is more sustainable, but I think like having our differing opinions on it all and being able to step back and look at it and have a bit of fun with it, I think that offers something really, really like special for people who listen. That oh, it's definitely it's a completely contrasting view to what a lot of people would be thinking in the fitness industry. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got you know a couple of decades between us of experience when we're talking mm. about this stuff, and. and um, Sorry. I think I, as well, the, the good thing about what we've got going on here with Unearth is we've got so much different worldly knowledge as well as uh, where we've all, what we've all uh, done in the past and what we've seen and where we've been and who we've talked to as well. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a completely sort of eclectic mix of, um, of knowledge. Mm. And, you know, at sometimes the random journeys we've been on have been the most fruitful. You know what I mean? And we've backed that up by industry experience. Like we've been started a gym from scratch. You know what I mean? We've we've started from the ground up, seen all the you know, like for me for weight cutting, I've tried I've tried every diet, I've tried every method. You know what I mean? Josh yeah. Josh understands nutrition on a deeper level, and Krim understands how to put that into a meal. You know what I mean? That ticks all the boxes and tastes good. Mm. Exactly. Krim's getting pretty good with his macros and um, calorie count as well, factoring in a lot of his own food. So he's getting even better. So as far as um, a chef that understands macros properly, that's not as common in the meal prep world either. Oh, that's not as common in, uh, you know, in, in your whole restaurant scene. Like doing years ago, doing like trade school um, in Cert 3 commercial cookery, I don't even heard, think I heard the word macro once, mate, in like three years also I was there. It's like, it's all like, oh, you know, if you want uh, something to, a sauce to be more richer and have more gloss, put some frozen butter in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like heaven. Yeah, right. It's the best. 
<laughs> but you know, I mean, what, it's, it's it's called gastronomy. Mm. So, yeah, gastronomy. Yeah, so being able to understand that mm. helps you to deliver a product. You know what I mean? Or you've you've gone through an experimentation process to deliver food that not only is macro balanced, mm. but tastes fucking amazing as well. Yeah, man, and it has to. You know, it has to taste amazing because, like, if you're if you're eating you have to enjoy it man you know like there's no point like obviously we eat to survive if we don't eat we die you know but like you know in this day and age you have to enjoy it man oh, it's got to be sustainable if you don't enjoy it you're not going to stick to it if you're not going to stick to it you're not going to reap the benefit that's right yeah and i yeah. think look ultimately the biggest the biggest benefit people can get to listen to this is going okay i can almost have my cake and eat it too you know i can learn about food in a different way and about training in a different way and all that where I can get results and I can enjoy the journey at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like obviously no no journey, like you never get to your goals without a bit of sacrifice and stuff like that. But sometimes it's like the train harder or train smarter. So we want you to train smart and hard and we're mm-hmm. going to give you all the tools to do it. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. So, so what else, go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's the what's the best meal you've had in the last year, Karim? Oh shit! Um, last year. Oh god, there's been so many. Um, shit, last year. That's a hard one, man. That's really hard. Maybe let's pick an Asian cuisine. Oh, actually, no. When um. So, like, within the last 12 months, I actually went up north for a little bit um, to do a bit of work on one of um, the old boats that I used to work on. And I was out there. So, I was cooking pretty much for about 12 to 14 hours a day. But the beauty, like, of working up in the Kimberley is we had fresh Spanish mackerel, fresh tuna, like, swimming around the boat all the time. So, I reckon the last year was, like, uh, probably fresh uh, yellowfin. Tuna straight out the ocean, sashimi, bit of wasabi um, on that, bang bang. Just consumed about four hundred dollars worth in a night. Yeah, whatever, man. That's how we roll. <laughs> you know how we live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We the best. <laughs> we them boys. Yeah. yeah, that's probably. How about you, Josh? What was the best meal you've consumed in the last four months? It's that damn beef rendang that I can't find anywhere else. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you were disappointed this morning, hey, man. You you wanted to, like, fuck someone up. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even close. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I so, think, chin, chin, I, I, chin Chin in Melbourne, beef rendang. Get on it. Cool. I think people don't know this about you, Josh, but how um, actually aggressive you are when you're hungry. <laughs> I think that's probably, like, I'm just dropping knowledge bombs on the world here. Or if anyone that knows you probably knows that you don't like to... Um, Make decisions like get into the group collective about lunch. You like to be no know where we're going, no discussion, no debate. He like yeah, Josh likes a plan. When it comes to food, he is a planned man. And he actually goes in, insane if if there is no plan. <laughs> well, you see, for for the last ten thousand years, we've been farming as humans. But before that, we were purely hunter gatherers. Yeah. So I just assumed if I don't have a meal immediately, they'll just die from meal malnourishment. <laughs> It's because you're a big boy. Yeah, I'm a big boy. I got to eat, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, evolution. You know, I don't want 
I don't want to argue with evolution. <laughs> said, uh, you've got to feed the beast. What about you, what about you, Tom? What's your favourite meal in the last twelve months? My favourite meal in the last twelve months. Oh, obviously, I'm back in Alice Springs now. Moved moved back up here, and I went out to Glen Helen, mm. and um, just a little you know place in the middle of nowhere, literally. And they've just obviously got some mad chefs there, and they had a Scotch fillet, which I swear to God you could just drop the knife through and just just like butter. Ooh. And um, remember that, and they had some sort of mash with it, and it was just like incredible, like changed my life. Paired it with a paired it with a nice um, it was like Digger's Bluff Shiraz, and I was just in heaven. Nice, you do you love a good red, don't you? I do love a good red. Yeah, well. <laughs> Quite the connoisseur when it comes to wine, eh? Yeah. Got to let it, got to let it breathe. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Thirty minutes. <laughs> but who can wait yeah. that long? <laughs> Sweet. Well, I reckon, I reckon that will bring the first episode to an end. But um, you know, it's a good indication of where we're going, and a good indication of the people listening that um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Going to hear a lot of shit talking. Yeah, hundred percent. And then Tom and I will talk as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wish like I had a soundboard where I can just like factor in like hell random noises like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Yeah. Was that World Star? World yeah. Star. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream. This is the, this is that's the that's where we plan to take this platform to. We got like a studio, sandboard, heaps of weird noises, like boy. Yeah, I want an onside DJ. That's where I'm at. 